This is Bart Peterson, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Greg Gilchrist, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Dan DeMarco, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to a special series on the Herbalife FCPA Enforcement Action. Over the next five episodes, I am joined by five top compliance practitioners to take a look at some of the issues in this case. We begin with Mike Bolkoff, considering how he would have handled this case had he been approached by Herbalife. We then consider the lack of a monitor in Herbalife and some of the reasons by Jay Rosen. Matt Kelly considers the role of the board of directors and how they failed in this case. Jonathan Marks considers the role of gatekeepers in this case and decries a lack of skepticism at the board of directors. We conclude with Jonathan Armstrong taking a look at this case from the UK and UK Bribery Act angle and finds some Scottish cases which might inform a response. It's a podcast series I know you'll enjoy. Lots to unpack in the Herbalife case. These episodes are relatively short, 10 to 12 minutes each, so easily digestible. The special podcast series on the Herbalife FCPA Enforcement Action are a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Matt Kelly, you have written about this, and you and I were uh, able to do a podcast on it, but what really struck you as the two or three key elements in this case? I was most intrigued by the details in the SEC's settlement order uh, about how internal audit at Herbalife was at, at a high level at first glance on the surface. It looked like internal audit and the audit committee of Herbalife's board were doing everything right. And then when you peel back the onion, they were not doing anything right. Um, so I'm just shocked at how much you can have the window dressing in place and still have terrible corporate governance in practice and in substance. Um, so, for example, I'll just walk through this again. One of the uh, big issues with the SEC's order was the fraudulent spending by one Mary Yang, who was the director of external affairs for Herbalife China. And she is now under personal indictment, I think, out of the District of New York for her FCPA misconduct and those charges against her. Um, But, okay, senior executive in China has to get government licenses. We all know that person is going to be a high risk. And, of course, we're all taking a risk-based approach. So internal audit at Herbalife, like, they did that. They zeroed right in on her expenses, um, and they performed an audit on her travel, entertainment, and meals expenses in 2012. They looked at her expenses for the first half of the year, which were way out of proportion to anything that would be normal, where she was racking up, um, I think it was... 239 meals expensed over the course of 184 days, which, if you do the math, means that she was eating out one meal every day, every single day, twice on weekends for six months, uh, where on average uh, she was racking up $3,200 per meal uh, with 17 other guests per meal. So they were all spending $180 per person per meal every day, twice on the weekends. And the audit department had all of that. 
And the audit department, of course, because they are best practices, they answered right into the audit committee, which got these internal audit reports. So, okay, so far, everything on the surface looks great. And then nothing, no further action. I especially liked when Herbalife's internal audit team did a second audit of Mary Yang's expenses, which were just about as egregious and clearly false as the first um, because then it, that second internal audit went right to the board, uh, to the audit committee, where the audit committee members were talking with each other. And the SEC order has that email, and I can quote you from it. Uh, one audit board member said, please note, I've questioned this every year, and I've been on the board, and the company has defended its position that these are reasonable within FCPA guidelines. And uh, then apparently the internal audit director replied, to the audit committee, that uh, these findings are, quote, typical issues in these audits and are within tolerance, close quote. So yet again, we have all of this surface dressing of great reporting relationships, and we're clearly focused on the big risks. And then they actually dig up incriminating information and very serious red flags. Um, And it goes to the audit committee, and then there's no follow-up. Uh, they ask the right questions, but don't seem to care what the answers are. Um, and I, I keep on thinking of the court decision out of Delaware that we saw, I think it was late last year or maybe early this year, but against Bluebell uh, Creamery's board, where they had a listeria outbreak, but the board of Bluebell never really kept a close eye on food risks when it was a food company. Um, so the Delaware court ruled that, uh, no, the directors were not uh, fulfilling their oversight duties because they were just sitting around waiting to be spoon-fed, uh, no pun intended, um, this information about food risks at Bluebell. Well, here we have inter- we have the audit committee sitting around waiting to be spoon-fed information about FCPA risks, and they were spoon-fed some very alarming information, and then they took no action. Um, And that went on for far too long. And finally, uh, Herbalife's uh, internal uh, FCPA issues blew up into the mess that it is. Uh, It's just it is a glaring cautionary tale about the need for board members, particularly on the audit committee, to take their duties seriously. And when the, the internal audit function gives you alarming information, you have to act on it. And if the audit people then say, well, it's just within tolerance, then you're supposed to come back and say, the tolerance sounds pretty wacky. This is, should not be the way it is. Um, anybody who did you know, some simple math on Mary Yang's expenses could have seen there's some serious trouble there. And uh, nobody apparently did or nobody cared. Um, but it, that, that is what stood out to me about Herbalife um, more than anything else was that glaring negligence at the audit committee level that just let this go on for far too long. Matt, you started off talking about the internal audit function and how they actually performed an internal audit. And when you got to the board level, it really wasn't clear to me if you thought the internal audit function uh, should have done something different or it really turned over to the board's responsibility. Do you have a, a feel or a sense of how the internal audit function within the organization held up? Well, uh, you know, I would be very curious to know um, what responsibility the internal audit team had for 
poor oversight, poor, there was no action taken up. So I'm hesitant to say the internal audit didn't do their job because they did do their job. Uh, They audited Mary Yang's expenses. They found all sorts of red flags. They put it into a report. They gave it to the audit committee. But where I get really sort of just astonished is when the audit committee pushed back on that and said, this seems unusual. And then the audit director said, no, this is within tolerance. This is normal for these kind of issues. Um, that was not normal for those kind of issues. That was a gigantic abnormality for FCPA issues and travel and expense uh, spending. Um, it should not have been tolerable. Uh, it should not have been within any tolerance. But in that case, the board, the audit committee should have told the internal audit director, no, this is not within our tolerance. Our tolerance should be more strict. And therefore, let's get into what is really going on with Mary Yang. And um, all of that conversation should have been happening in 2015, 2016, potentially even earlier, because I suspect these audits were done earlier. The uh, SEC order only talks about two it done in 2014 and 15, but I something tells me this has been a long-running problem. Um, but if the audit, the internal audit team finds all these red flags and then says, "Well, you know, everything's a red flag around here, so it's not any big deal. This is typical. This is normal." It is the audit committee's job to then come back and say, "No, no. When a red flag is actually red." We're going to address it, not just say red is a pretty color and then move on, because that seems to be what the audit committee had been doing. Jonathan Armstrong, do you have a question for Matt? Yeah, I, w- I was just wondering. I mean, no public uh, corporation could survive now without a member of the board with financial skills and expertise. Are we coming to the day when public corporations should have somebody with compliance skills and expertise on the board? So we have somebody with a compliance background, a former chief compliance officer, for example, on the board of every public entity. Uh, You know, Jonathan, from your lips to God's ears, or I suppose maybe to the SEC and to Congress's ears, uh, because I think that would be an excellent idea. I think that the risks that companies face from compliance failures are significant enough that somebody on the board needs to be much more cognizant of them. Um, The law currently says you need a financial expert. That could be a CFO or a corporate controller. They're not that versed in regulatory compliance issues, but this kind of stuff can be a big deal, and you need someone on the board who can address that. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this special production of the FCPA Compliance Report, where we're taking a deep dive into the Herbalife FCPA settlement. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another episode. This has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network which is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to visiting with you again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.